All right, welcome to Peace of Mind Radio Podcast. I am Brian Ramsey. That is Chris Vaughn. Okay, you did it again. Aaron McAndrew. <laughs> All right. He was ready. Well, I normally introduce everybody, but I thought I'd change it up. Uh, it's actually almost, we're getting closer to noon now, so it's uh, we're not so... Well, I think we've all had at least one cup of coffee now. One, I Although I do, do I, uh, I'm a decaf guy, so I don't know if the caffeine does. I don't does explain that. so much. I, I don't does. drink coffee. Yeah, I'm and you on don't straight drink water today. Uh, Did you you drink like this? He, if you guys could see it, you don't have it on you, do you? No, it's, it's back in the office. I mean, it's like what a gallon. Uh, it's a half gallon. Half That's a half gallon. gallon? Yeah. No way, that thing's bigger than a half. Yeah. Gallon. Yeah. Well, anyway, he drinks what one or two of those? Yeah, a day. Oh, it's, absolutely. Uh, Boy, I'd, I'd, I'd be in the bathroom every five minutes. That's I feel like. Thank God we have breaks in between these. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That is true. All right, so if you were watching last week, we had a pretty good show. We were talking about just the importance of powers of attorney. Uh, we thought we'd translate that into um, unmarried couples or same-sex couples and the issues they deal with, especially when you're in a state, especially if you're a same-sex couple and you're in a state that don't recognize uh, same-sex marriages or uh, don't approve but them. It's or recognized what, federally now. Yeah, but yeah, but there are some potential. Yeah, there's there's issues, right? I mean, there were issues. That's what it. That, that's what brought all this on. Yep. I guess is where I was going to go with that. But anyway, um, uh, unmarried couples is kind of what we're talking about, yeah. right? And the issues they deal with. And so, uh, what we thought we'd do is just go down through the string of four or five different issues that unmarried couples uh, have to deal with, uh, and then uh, just sort of give things that we've seen or. Uh, solutions that come about when we talk about those particular issues, right? Um, so let's start off. We talked about this is one that you brought up, uh, Social Security. Yeah. Social what Security. are some of the issues that unmarried couples have uh, when it comes to Social Security benefits? Okay, so on your Social Security benefits, uh, there is a thing called a spousal benefit. So if you made, under the current rules, it's less than half, basically, of what your spouse made then you can either claim yourself or you can claim on your spouse's benefit. You get a half. Um, and that's a, that's a really good thing for some people, especially if there was a homemaker involved who did not work an in income. You don't get that if you're not married. Um, there's a divorce benefit. Uh, there is a uh, survivor benefit. What's a divorce benefit? Divorce benefit, if you were married for at least 10 years uh, and you divorce and you have not remarried, you can claim on your ex-spouse's Social Security. Uh, and that's a different episode to go down that, that rabbit trail, but if you were never married, you can't claim that. So that's, that's an important distinction there on Social Security. Uh, and you know, just to throw it out there, people will say, well, you know, but they've been married and divorced a couple of times. Does not matter. If you were married for at least 10 years, right. you can claim. Um, when you talk about survivor benefits, so when a spouse passes away, the survivor can claim either their own Social Security or their now deceased spouse. And that, that also applies uh, to divorced survivors. Right. Uh, you get whichever one is better. If you were never actually legally married, you can't make that claim. Yeah, and so there's also some other Social Security. We're not going to go through them all because we don't have time on this podcast, but there are other, there are other Social Security strategies that yes. you can use as a married couple to take advantage of the social security system. But if you're a non-married couple, you can't take advantage of it because it has to do it's with spousal yeah. has to do with spousal benefit. So uh, it, anyway, that that's one of the that's kind of a major issue, right? Yeah, is, is the social security benefit. And people say, well well social security is not that big of a deal. 
Well, you file in your mid to late 60s as a general rule. You live into your late 80s or 90s. Think about the hundreds of thousands of dollars of benefits we're talking about over yeah. that period of time. Yeah. Yeah, one of the other uh, biggest benefits to me uh, of the that a, that a married couple has um, is a couple of years ago in 2019, they, they eliminated with the IRS with some of the tax reform that they did, um, they eliminated the stretch IRA. Oh, so yeah. you can't pass a, what for those of you who don't know what a stretch IRA is, you used to be able to, if I was to inherit my father's IRA when he passed away, I used to be able to take RMDs for the rest of my life um, and stretch out that the, you know the tax liability that I would have over the course of time. They they went away with that. Well, married couples that still exists. Yeah, exactly. So for married couples, they can they can take um, they can pull out and stretch that IRA and take distributions off of whenever they turn seventy two. Roll it into their own. Correct. Yeah. Absolutely right. Yep. So they don't. They that goes all the way. That goes. Uh, that went away in terms of what the. Uh, the uh, stretch IRA went away, but now for a married couple that has that for a married couple that that still exists. Right, um, they can roll it into their own IRA. They could take the distributions out, um, but again, for a non-married couple, that so is. So, what uh, happens if to a non-married couple if one of them passes away and the other one inherits an IRA? They have to take those. They have to start taking those distributions out over now the ten-year course of time period. So. Um, it's a big it's a big difference when you when you factor in that period of time what you have to take out and, and, and it could be the biggest factor too would be if God forbid it happens and you're in your highest income earning years oh, yeah. yeah so yeah 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 so what it, it's interesting just as a quick side note you know we're seeing more and more you know if you look at the the generations of folks that we deal with we deal with folks that are in their 70s and 80s mm-hmm. and those folks have not been exposed to 401ks their whole life. So my mother, who's in that in that bracket I talk about, she'd kill me if I tell her. No, she probably wouldn't. She doesn't care. Um, but uh, and by the way, I did play in a golf tournament with her, and she shot ninety four, ninety five. So really? yeah, and she's yeah, she's you know she's pretty close to shooting so her she age. She could beat all of us except for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's pretty cool watching she her definitely play. Beat me. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but the interesting thing is, so you know, when she first started in her career. There was no 401k because what you were doing, you were saved, the company would save money and put it into a pension. pension yeah. uh, that's what everybody had. So what we're seeing now is the generation, so my generation or Chris and I's generation, uh, so in that kind of 45 to 60 range, you know, we were really the first generation that had access to 401k plans our entire career. Right. Now, even the younger generation, Aaron, his generation, uh, what – they're really going to be the first generation that's pretty much maxed out 401k contributions from the time they got started. You know, that really wasn't – we weren't maxing it out when we got started. We weren't taught to. Yeah, they, they just said, hey, you know, put in the 3% match or whatever. That's what you do. And then and then we started later on, started maxing out. Well, now the younger generation is really maxing out. The reason I bring that up is because we're starting to see higher and higher accumulations in IRA balances. And so the RMDs are becoming significant. Yeah. We have clients that are in their 70s now that are required to take it. You know, their RMDs are 15000 20000 maybe. But we're starting, we're doing future forecasts now of RMDs that are going to be hundreds of thousands yep. of dollars when they're 72, which is a tax issue, number one. But number two, go back and think about a non-married significant other right. or non, uh, non-spouse significant other. 
um, if that you were to leave that to them and you had a million or a million five in there and they have to take all that out over a 10 year period, it's a huge and reported ta- as income. Yeah, yeah. Rep- it's a huge tax yeah. issue. So it becomes more and more important that you that you properly set up your estate. Um, you know, if you're a non-married person moving forward, yep. uh, because we see huge balances coming. Um, you know, so it, so it's an issue. So yeah, so so good point. Um, <clears throat> all right, I'll, I'll jump into one. Um, this so comes you, down to. Go ahead. You kind of just teed up the whole estate plan. Well, that's where I was going. Okay. Yeah. I mean that's. Well, I'm trying to. We're trying okay, to get pretty sorry. good at transitioning. You sorry. Know? I Bad forgot what they call that in the radio, uh, TV world. But there is a seg. Oh, segment. Not stepping on each. Oh, segue. There. Segue. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah segue. Great segue there. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I tried, but you know, Chris is trying to I tried kill to it. Destroy it. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> if you're in the, if you come in our office very often, you know that's kind of his role. Um, yeah. No, for, but from an estate plan standpoint, if you are again a non-married person. There are certain things that happen within a state plan that when you're a married couple, things just happen because you're a married couple. Uh, as a non-married couple, they don't necessarily happen that way. So you got to make sure that you, you know, as an example, if I was, or you two are married, right? Yeah, so, we'll use it. so you two are married. So most of the time you're going to own things, joint rights of survivorship. Um, there's just certain things that, uh, that you guys own that when you pass away, just automatically is your spouse's. You don't even, there's, no, there's nothing to do with it. Uh, you don't really even have to take your spouse's name off any of the accounts either. So that's, but for my case, for myself and Kelly, not that we have joint checking accounts or anything like that, but uh, because we're not married, nothing happens between the right. two of us. So if I were to pass away, it just all goes to my kids and, you know, everything else. So she essentially just is out hanging, you know, yep. with, with nothing. So if it's my intention to take care of her, if I were to pass away, I have to have the right documentation uh, be it either inside of a trust, estate documents have to be correct, or my beneficiaries have to state uh, correctly where I want things to go, right? right? And as a non-married couple, you'd want to make sure that you take care of your significant other. Um, and so you just have to make sure everything is set up properly in order to do that, especially in a case where you're a, uh, bl- a potential blended family. I've got two kids. She's got two kids. Uh, It's assumed that if I pass away, everything I have would go directly to my kids, which that's what I want, but also want to make sure I take care of her um, so that she's not, you know, I I do just personally want to take care of her. She's totally fine on her own, but but if, but no one knows that. I'm sure my, yes, my parents know that, that I'd want to take care of her, but they can't just go and say, well, here's some money that, you know, because they don't know what I'd want to leave her or what, you know, say. And there's nothing that forces them to take care of her. That's right. Unless you set that up correctly. Yeah, that, right. that, yeah, that's right. Um, and there's also lots of lots of issues when it comes to non-married couples or even blended families, which I think we did a podcast on not too long ago, yeah. or we should do another one on it. Um, but we've talked about how not, uh, even married couples or non-married couples, blended families, where you take a particular asset or a sum of money and put it into a trust, and you benefit that particular spouse, and mm-hmm. then when she passes away, it goes back over to your kids. Right. The only way that really happens is through trust planning and through proper documentation. And that's why if you're a non-married couple, actually, Eric, uh, Mr. Producer back there, um, he did, I don't know if he probably doesn't have a camera on himself. So anyway, he's back there. Uh, he, and I are, he and I are dealing with a couple that are not married, and they are not married for a particular reason. But the interesting thing was they just assumed that if one of them passed away, the other one would get everything. Mm-hmm. They were like, oh, yeah, done it all. No, it doesn't no. work that way at all. Um, and so we've now gone through and done their estate work, and it's all set up and 
uh, and ready to go now. But it was it was a lot of education on our part uh, to explain how non uh, non married significant others uh, how they're treated if one pal- uh, one spouse passes. Right. Right. Uh, another um, important thing that comes to mind when you're talking about that is uh, when, it, when it comes to the estate planning is non-married uh, couples that are living in the same house and maybe one of the couple, uh, one of the the couple, I guess, yeah. <laughs> one yeah. of the people um, own the property. Yeah. And it's just in their name. Yeah. And the other part of the relationship doesn't own anything to the property. And if that's not that's not taken care of right in the in the estate plan and that can right. become a, another major issue yeah oh for sure yeah so. it's it's an issue okay so uh kind of the one that we'll follow up on from last week so if you didn't catch that show make sure you go back and catch the last week's show we talked about powers of attorney the importance of power of attorney so we'll touch base on it again this week just mm-hmm. to kind of refresh um so explain why a power of attorney is important for non-married couples well when you're dealing with married couples, it's assumed that the spouse has the authority to make decisions on your behalf if you're incapacitated or something like that. If you're not married, that assumption is not there. So even though you might have lived together for 20, 30 years, you do not have the authority to make financial decisions for that now incapacitated partner. Um, you can't make healthcare decisions for them. They won't allow that. So you can imagine the heartache that can be caused by simply not having a, a, a simple POA uh, yeah. in, in force. Yeah. Yeah, powers of attorney are, are incredibly important. Uh, so in our case, Kelly and I's case, uh, we just uh, – actually, she's in the f- uh, middle of doing her estate documents or updating hers. But I went back and modified mine. I had my parents mm-hmm. who, you know, are older, right? Yeah. Uh, they do live in a different, a different town. And so if I need immediate assistance – um, you know, I've named Kelly as, as my power or a healthcare power attorney, not financial. She knows that. Uh, we've already, we talked, we talked about, about that, that one. one last yeah. Week. She got signed that prenuptial agreement first. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but we, we did talk about that too. She's, she's fully on board with all that. But anyway, um, but we did talk about it and I just said, Hey, look, you know, you, I, I feel like you would have, you're here, you're around me more. Mm-hmm. Um, if something were to happen to me, I don't, I wouldn't want to put the burdens on my parents for that matter. Cause well, they're older. Your parents... I mean, they're they're in good enough shape to play golf at their age. Well, my dad shoots his age all like right. every day. Yeah, I would love to shoot my age. Yeah. As a matter of fact, he's eighty and he shot seventy two. I'd day. like to shoot my age on the eight front under, notch. eight under your age. That's what I keep telling him. But anyway, go ahead. But they're still in their uh, yeah. their eighties. Yeah, right. So having somebody on the power of attorney to take care of all that stuff is smart anyway. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No. It's just. Um, but again, if something were to happen to me. And I did not have that. Kelly would go to the hospital and not be able to get, she wouldn't, the doctors wouldn't tell her anything. Right. And here she is going, hey, you know, I've been dating this guy for almost two years and you won't tell me anything? No, they won't. Yeah. Uh, that's right. the issue. Um, so, but if you're a married couple, uh, if we were married, then they would, you know, let her, uh, uh, you know, make medical uh, uh, decisions for me all day long, but not as a non-married couple. Mm-hmm. And so it's, uh, so anyway, as a, as a non-married couple it's just incredibly important that you have all the documents in place and that you understand there's certain things that married couples uh rights that married married couples have that you just don't have right. as a non-married don't couple. assume yeah you can't but if you have the right documents in place you can set a lot of it up front but there, again there's certain things social security is a big one mm-hmm. um, because that is a huge benefit uh and if you don't if you're not married you don't get that particular benefit right. stretch ira is another one if you're not married, there's no going. There's no. 
there's no strategy that I'm aware of where you can go back and stretch it uh, if you're a non-married person. I just don't think no, it's available. It's not there. Yeah, it's just uh, not available. So anyway, uh, it's just important that you have all your documents in place. Uh, and if you don't have your documents, call us. We can help you with them. Um, be more than happy to help you with them, uh, whether it be just basic documents like a will, powers of attorney. If you want to do things a little bit more complicated like a trust, we can we can help you there too. Uh, so if you got questions, and I'm going to actually give you our phone number because we didn't do that. So for you podcast listeners, uh, that the last 15 or 30 or 40 we've done where we don't give out our phone number, that's our fault. Uh, but you can call us at 502-200-5210 uh, and just hit any number and you'll get any of us and we will be more than happy to, talk, to uh, take care of you. All right, so that's it for another week. Uh, I believe next week, what's the topic next week? I don't know. We wrote them all down. Uh, hang on, i got a cheat sheet. But it's it is. Oh, oh uh, so next week is all about owning real estate in an IRA. Uh, that's an interesting topic. We, the weird thing was we had we talked to a set of clients, and like two days later, another, another client came in, and they and this never comes up. Yeah, hardly ever. Yeah. And then it was like two in a row, so it's pretty weird. But anyway, we're going to talk about the advantages disadvantages of owning real estate in your IRA. And uh, so make sure you tune in next week. Uh, by the way, uh, if you want to subscribe and you're watching us on YouTube, make sure you hit the subscribe button and you'll make sure uh, that when we release new material, you do get notified. And if you could leave us a review, and Eric normally does this, so I apologize. I'm going to screw this up. But uh, if you're listening to us, on, do you know it? Well, I was going to see if you're going to get it right. If, if you're watching on YouTube. Yeah, hit subscribe. Right. And like and share. There by the way, go. share All it right. too. Yeah, just uh, send it out to everybody that you know. It'd be kind of cool. Um, and then if you're on, listening, on podcast, you do it. <laughs> I don't think I can get it right though. Eric does a better job. Now, if you listen and subscribe, there it is. Read and review. Rate, rate, rate. and review. I'm now, sorry. none of us can get it right. Anyway, we're gonna have to have a cheat sheet with that written down. But Eric's anyway, have a big board and a hole yeah. behind the camera. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but anyway, if you do like our material, make sure you tell your friends about it. Uh, that's uh, how it gets popular. And again, this is this this platform is all about just talking about financial related topics and kind of how we see them, how we we try to relate most of them to real life scenarios. And maybe it applies to you, maybe it applies to somebody that you, that you know. Um, so just make sure that you uh, tune those folks into us. We would appreciate it. And then we also have another podcast. It's called Burgers and Bourbon, and it's just a fun one. We flat out just get a burger and test it, tell you what we think about it. Same thing with bourbon. Uh, that's probably the most popular one that's here. The most fun. And we usually do those on Friday, hence the bourbon thing. Uh, we typically don't do that on Monday morning, uh, although some of us would like to, right? There are, there are those. There days. are days where in the middle of the day, somebody, all of a sudden we hear somebody, you know, screaming something, then all of a sudden, you know, we see the bottle of bourbon leave the kitchen. You're like, ah, you've had a bad day. We get it. Um, anyway, uh, if you if you got any questions want to come see us, uh, by all means, come see us. We don't charge for first meetings. Come talk to us about anything you want to. Uh, and we'd love to meet you. So have a good week, and we will see you guys next week. The information given herein is taken from sources that IFP Advisors, LLC, doing business as Independent Financial Partners, IFP, IFP Securities, doing business as IFP, and its advisors believe to be reliable, but it is not guaranteed by us as to accuracy or completeness. This is for informational purposes only, and in no event should be construed as an offer to sell or solicitation of an offer to buy any securities or products. Please consult your tax and or legal advisor before implementing any tax and or legal related strategies mentioned in this publication as IFP does not provide tax and or legal advice. 
Opinions expressed are subject to change without notice and do not take into account the particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs of individual investors. This report may not be reproduced, distributed, or published by any person for any purpose without IFP's express prior written consent. Securities offered through IFP Securities, LLC, doing business as independent financial partners, IFP, member of FINRA and SIPC, investment advice offered through IFP Advisors, doing business as IFP, a registered investment advisor. IFP and Family Wealth Planning Partners are not affiliated. The information given herein is taken from sources that IFP Advisors, LLC, doing business as IFP, IFP Securities LLC doing business as IFP and its advisors believe to be reliable, but it is not guaranteed by us as to accuracy or completeness. This is for informational purposes only and in no event should be construed as an offer to sell or solicitation of an offer to buy any securities or products. Please consult your tax and or legal advisor before implementing any tax and or legal related strategies mentioned in this publication as IFP does not provide tax and or legal advice. Opinions expressed are subject to change without notice and do not take into account the particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs of individual investors.